Today's episode of Sports Headlines is presented by Podgo. What's Podgo? Well, Warner, Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space, so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. So you're telling me that if I include an ad from Podgo, they're going to tell me up front how much I'll make? Of course. If you apply today, actually, to become a member, you'll be immediately connected with advertisers that fit your audience. Really? So it'll be specified for my show and my type of podcast? Yeah. So all you have to do is go to podgo.co, P-O-D-G-O dot co, C-O. And when you apply, make sure you add our podcast, Sports Headlines, and the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. All right. I'll do that as soon as I can. Yep, again, that's podgo.co, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Let's get back to today's episode. Welcome back to Sports Headlines. The most authentic place in sports. This is a podcast slash Patreon exclusive. So meaning to check out this episode of Sports Headlines, you have to listen to us on our podcasting platforms or go over to our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash Sports Headlines for $1 a month of your support. You can get the video edited version of this where I'll put like pics and like the teens or whatever. And yeah, I'll have fun editing that. But if you don't want to do that, which is fine, go over to listen to our podcasting platforms. Let's say we have special guest John Vogel uh, working with the Brawl Network and talking all things NFL draft related. What's up, John? Not too much. What's up with you guys today? Uh, nothing much. Doing well. Um, I guess we can. Obviously, we have Warner here as well as always. Yep. Let's go. So really quickly, before we dive into the uh, actual mock draft, um, it's a couple of things I want to ask you about. One, you have mock, um, not mock, Mac Jones ranked higher than Zach Wilson in your uh, in your draft board. What? Why? Why is that? Like, I, I saw, I mean, obviously I tweeted, I was like, uh, okay, this is gold. But so, yeah, what, what's <laughs> that? Okay, so um... – you're talking with NFL scouts and stuff a little bit. One of the big things that people are worried about with Zach Wilson right now is the fact that he didn't really play anybody big and he had this one big year that they popped. Right. So, I mean, you can point to UCF and you can say, yeah, I mean, look at that secondary. They played out at the senior bowl. Oh, look at, you know, uh, coastal Carolina. They had some good guys, but you want to see him play more in bigger games and do stuff. So, when you go back in the previous years, because when you're evaluating somebody, you're not looking at their last year. You're looking at, okay, well, how far have they progressed? Has it been smooth? You know, what's kind of, what's the whole focus behind that? And one of the things that you see is when he played bigger teams, you know, Washington, Tennessee, previously, he struggled a lot. And it was, there was this, you know, he had a great offensive line. Shouldn't have been that much of an issue. He just, there were certain things with his footwork, his fundamentals, so on and so forth that he struggles with. So ideally, Zach Wilson is better as a day two pick, right? Like an early second round pick. But here's the thing with quarterbacks now is nobody takes somebody in the second round like they did with like Drew Brees and uh, Colin Kaepernick and Derek Carr and hope to develop them into a starter anymore. So you're going to go in the first round. I don't really play with that with my rankings. So in my grade, so I just left him there. He's like, okay, well, he's borderline first beginning a second round because there is the, the um, competitiveness concerns. And then when you look at Mac Jones, Jones just put up better numbers than Joe Burrow did last year. Okay. Mm. By game, passer efficiency rating, 
maybe not in the total touchdown numbers, but if you're looking at completion percentage, so on and so forth, he put up better numbers than Burrow did last year. It's because he makes very good throws. He's very much the same kind of player as Burrow. He's not as good as Burrow. I'm not saying he's better than Burrow, you know, because Burrow was graded out much higher than Jones did. What I'm saying is Jones has that same ability to work the field from the short to intermediate areas and make pretty much any throw in that area. And there's the arm strength concerns. And that was Burrow last year. I like Mac Jones because he can make any throw within 20 yards of the line of scrimmage. And yeah, you can point to all those Alabama receivers he had. It's playing in the SEC is tough. Okay. Playing the SEC is tough no matter what. It's the hardest get conference to play in. I really thought he did excellent. Yeah, uh, not to say Mac Jones didn't play excellent, but I mean, yeah, he had. <laughs> I mean, and that's why I kind of knocked Tua coming out last year. Like between last year, this year, probably next year, that's at least five because Michi's going to go in the first round for probably if he stays healthy next year. That's at least five first round receivers is going to go in the first round the combined past three years, including next year. Najee Harris, I mean, Running back one. Yeah. Running back one. <laughs> I mean, it kind of sucks to chill with Hubbard because if he went out last year, he's probably running back one. They decided to come back, so it sucks for him. But Najee, running back one, you're playing behind that Alabama offensive line. You have Nick Saban as your coach. And I think then there's like the schedule may get, again, that's really didn't come from you. But like the scouts, I think the fact that um, like the schedule, like who you play, I think that's kind of overrated necessarily because like, I mean, if you have talent, you have talent, period. I don't think necessarily who you play should heavily impact or, or like, knock a guy because, hey, they played uh, – they didn't play Georgia. They didn't play Auburn, who wasn't particularly good this year. They didn't play LSU, who we all know wasn't good this year. So I just think that's kind of uh, under overrated, the, the, the notion of, like, your schedule, who you play. Because, again, if you have talent, you have talent. Uh, that's just where I stand on that. And last thing before we actually get into the mock drafts here, um, who would you say is like your biggest winners of the senior bowl? So biggest winners, Cam Stample, edge out of Tulane, had an incredible week. Um, I liked Sample coming in. I think I had him a little bit higher than most people did. But he just – he showed – more explosion that I remember seeing on tape. He showed really good hand usage when he's especially in the trenches. So he's a little bit more of a finesse rusher. And I think that he's one of the biggest guys. Quinn Miners from Wisconsin Whitewater. Yep. Look, I was at the re- I was at the Senior Bowl last year, and Owen Reese with um, SB Nation. I think he writes for the Wisconsin website. Was down there. He was talking about this guy last year, and he was like. He's going to be here this year. He's incredible. And we were like, yeah, Reese, that's that's hilarious. That's funny. But he showed up and he was better than Ben Barch was last year, you know, who was another D3 player that came to the senior bowl to play. And he was an offensive lineman as well. So Miners is a really big winner. And I think the, I'm going to point at one other guy, Jabril Cox out of LSU. I liked him too coming out. I have a whole article right now. He's a very versatile linebacker prospect. But what he showed was a better coverage ability than he was asked to perform at LSU. 
Um, and those one-on-ones of the running backs, he was covering running backs and tight ends. And that's very important. I think that may have given him a first round uh, grade. All right. So for the mock draft, here's what we'll do. I guess we can each like go around me and Warner have completed hours on a few complete draws. We'll just go around like pick by pick what we have going on. So Warner, number one pick, I heard rumors that uh, you are going to have Trey Lance going number one. Um, yeah, that that's the the wrong uh, TL guy. It's Trevor Lawrence, obviously, to Jacksonville. I think pretty self-explanatory, best QB uh, prospect in the draft. Yeah. Uh, for me as well, Trevor Lawrence, if you had to rank like the best quarterback prospect since 2010, he's probably third. Like, And that's only because Andrew Luck and I personally think Joe Burrow is a quarterback prospect coming out of college is a better prospect than Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence probably has a higher upside because of the arm strength um, and the arm talent, but Trevor Lawrence easily number one overall pick. If the Jack, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jacks just mess it up. Yeah, obviously Trevor Lawrence is going number one. Um, I, I really don't think that's a debate at this point. Lawrence is one of the more phenomenal, he's the most phenomenal prospect I've graded. I've only been grading since, you know, 16. So I missed out on people like Andrew Luck and stuff, but phenomenal player. I love him. He's going to be great at the next level. And I think he's uh, an immediate, like, you know, top 15 quarterback as soon as he steps on the field. Yeah. All right. Pick number two, the New York Jets. Is there a trade here or do the Jets keep their pick? Warner? I have the Jets keeping their pick. No Deshaun Watson trade here. Um, the Jets are going to grab Zach Wilson, and they're actually going to trade Sam Darnold um, for a third-round pick. But since we're only doing the first round, that's all I'm going to get into that. Um, Zach Wilson comes to the Jets here to try to revitalize that franchise with uh, Mike LaFleur and new head coach Robert Sala. All right. For me, I actually do have a trade here. And it is the Deshaun Watson trade. And hold on, I got to check my notes here. Oh, my God, I'm out of picks. All right, so Roger, get to that report. All right, so the Jets will trade. Uh, apparently, the uh, Texas won two defensive players as well. So Brian Poole, Quentin Williams, I think these guys will be good in this trade as well. Quentin Williams is the first, this draft in the first round. Still some potential there, obviously. And the Jets are going to include both of the 2021 first-round picks. 2022 first and a 2022 second in return for Deshaun Watson. So the Texans are going to pick Zach Wilson with their number two overall pick as well. For me, I uh, graded Zach Wilson. I think it was my first player I graded because I was like, what's the hype about Zach Wilson? And he just has a can of an arm. He could throw off of any platform. The one knock for me on Zach Wilson is it's kind of something like Josh Allen is he'll get away from his mechanics at points because he knows that he has a rocket of an arm. So he's just going to say, screw my mechanics. I'm just going to sling this ball. And obviously we've seen Josh Allen fix it. You kind of hope to see Zach Wilson fix it at the next level as well. But just throw this out there. My pro comp for Zach Wilson is a mix, probably more Baker, but a mix between Baker and Josh Allen for me. I can see that. I I think when I think of Zach Wilson, I'm thinking more – I'm trying to think. There, there really isn't somebody who's as athletic that has the arm and 
um, makes those wild throws like he does. And so, because, you know, Baker's not nearly as athletic. Yeah, um, that's why Wilson I think was. Doc Allen. Yeah, yeah I, no, that I, makes sense because he's bigger arm and stuff like that. That's, that's a good – I think that's a good general idea for comp. Um, I actually have the Jets keeping their pick here. Okay. I don't think I'm going to do any trades. I'm just going to keep it steady. But uh, I like – I like the Jets passing on the quarterback, keeping Sam Darnold, and taking Penny Sewell, uh, okay. Sewell out of Oregon. All right, technical. I actually, I actually had that in, uh, I guess, our second mock draft that we did. That was very, very low quality. Did not come out great on YouTube, but, but I, I, I think that's a, not necessarily um, a bad idea if you're the Jets. Yeah, yeah, if you're the Jets and your faith and you're putting all your faith in Sam Darnold, I think, yeah, why not? I think you do go offensive tackle. I think John is back or, yeah, I think John's back now. We were just kind of trying to fill in space here with some filler. But, yeah, go ahead. You have the Jets taking Pinesol at number I think that I think that's the best option at this point, right? If you're, if you're going to take somebody at number two, you need to protect your quarterback, and that's something the Jets hadn't addressed before. And people are talking about, you know, Sewell being this generational prospect and stuff. I, I don't know about any of that, but he's very good. Okay, so he's the best tackle in this class. Go ahead and take him at two. Lock up your offensive line and try to protect your quarterback for the years to come. Yeah. All right, so number two. Real quick, real quick. Do you oh, see uh, Penny Sewell being kind of a better than – I mean, honestly, just list the tackles. Jedrick Wills or Tristan Wirfs uh, from this year, do you see him playing better in his rookie season than these guys? Because these guys really played unprecedented levels of football. No, I, I really don't. And I'll tell you why. Because if you go look, there's a couple games that you go look at. Washington um, comes to mind immediately, I think, in 19. And then there was, I think, USC this year in 20. He had some real footwork issues. Um, that's kind of concerning. And the reason that is is because if you are having footwork issues and you're not making the blow, you're not, you know, anchoring yourself, especially against NFL pass rushers and power guys, um, they're going to blow by you all the time. And you don't want that from a left tackle. You want consistency, the most consistent. And that's where I think the concern is the the upside is there, you know, where the potential that he has to be great is through the roof because you see the size and you see you know, the technique that he learned early on and that he came into college football with. Um, but I think it's going to take a couple years for them to really unlock that. Yeah. Um, so the number three overall pick, Warner, you didn't have Deshaun getting traded to the Jets. Does he get traded to the Dolphins or does the Dolphins or do the Dolphins keep their pick? Here we go. So we did a film breakdown on Tua earlier in the year. Um, I have had hesitance. Um, I have not gone all in on Tua. And um, as a result of that, the Dolphins, with their number three pick that they got from Houston in the uh, last year that they got in the Laramie Tunnel trade, are going to draft Penace. Well, no Deshaun Watson trade. I built it up for you guys. Sorry. Uh, no Deshaun Watson trade here. Um, Penace Will goes to the Dolphins. Best tackle in the class. How Dolphins need to tackle, protect Tua, et cetera, et cetera. You know, pretty self-explanatory. Grab the best tackle in the class for your top six pick or five pick um, last year. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to knock anybody that drafts Panay for the Dolphins. 
But this tackle class, especially in the first round, the Dolphins do have another first round pick. I believe it's pick 18. Um, I think they can get another high level tackle at the 18th spot, whether it's uh, Christian Derisaw, Samuel, Samuel Cosme. Uh, unlikely, but if Rashawn Slater took a massive fall to 18, maybe even him. So I'm going to go get the best playmaker on the board, give, um, give crap. Tua, some weapons to work with alongside Devontae Parker. I'm going to give Tua and the Dolphins. Uh, Jamar Chase, wide receiver out of LSU, with the third overall pick. Just give Tua some weapons. Somebody to throw the ball to um, and get in space, get open. Great yard as a catch guy. Um, so Jamar Chase for me, number hey. three overall pick for the Dolphins. Again, I don't not give you dropping a school, but I think this tackle class, especially with them having an 18th pick. Yeah. If this happens – all of the Bengals fans are celebrating in their, in their basements right now watching the <laughs> because there's no way the Falcons are going to – wow. Yeah. Lucky Bengals. So I have uh, at number three the with the, the Miami Dolphins taking the pick. I, I actually have them taking a wide receiver, but it's not Chase. It's Devontae Smith. Okay. And I think they're going to stay with Tua. I think – the focus is on building around Tua and making him the, the quarterback of the franchise this year. You didn't want to play him because there was the knee and, you know, everything else that was going on, whatever else it was. I think it was his shoulder that he hurt too on that play against Mississippi state that knocked him out for the rest of his college career. It's him. Yeah. So, Oh, hip. That's right. So um, you're still building around him. You didn't want him to play. He kind of got pressed in, and that's why they were kind of playing the back and forth with him, but they're going to build around him, get him his favorite weapon from Alabama, the Heisman winner, and just prosper. Yeah. I can also see that happening as well. And I'm glad you brought up, like, the fact that they kind of had to, like, like pressure to start him because the two guys, well, the guy who was drafted before him and the guy who was drafted after him were playing lights-out football in Joe Burrow and Herbert, the guy they passed on to take to a, so kind of like, got crap. Now we have to see what we have in Tua. Mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so the number four pick, the Atlanta Falcons, this is probably the second pick that is probably kind of like a no-brainer, um, I think, anyway. But Warner, number four pick, the Atlanta Falcons, who you have them taking? Well, I think you could actually go multiple ways with this pick. Um yeah, I think you can still put a little bit of trust in Matt Ryan. Um, you know you have a, a pretty good receiving core uh, with an aging Julio Jones, but also a Calvin Ridley, um, who who I think can take up a ne the next step this year. Uh, you had a pretty poor running game. You pr had a pretty poor run defense. You had a pretty poor defense overall. You had <laughs> not that You're great about to go defense line play. Here? There's a lot of holes. There's a reason why they have the number four pick. Is what I'm to say. Um, but I think the, I think the best pick um, for for the Falcons is not a Jamar Chase or a Devonta Smith or a Jalen Waddle, um, but Justin Fields from Iowa State. I think you've got to put him behind Matt Ryan. Ryan's a smart quarterback. He's a he's a vet quarterback, so he's going to be able to um, coach up Justin Fields for at least a year, if not two. Um, and and really get him to the next level to be less of a boomer bust guy and more of a top ten quarterback. Yeah. 
Um, in yeah, the- I agree with that. Justin Fields going to the Falcons as well. To touch on like the mentoring part, Matt Ryan's one of the better quarterbacks at going through, you know, read one, not there. Okay. Read two, not there. Okay. Read three. Okay. This guy's over. Let me throw it to him, which is read three. He's one of the better guys in the league at doing that. Um, and I think that's one of Justin Fields' flaws. His, his processing skills are really like perfect example. I go always go back to that Clemson game last year um, where he throws the intercept, the game costing interception where he has, like he's just a second and a half late. He he has the right though. He's a second or two late. Throws the interception. That's a touchdown. He's there quickly with his processing. But um, Justin Fields here. Put him in the Kyle Shanahan esque offense. I think this is a perfect situation for all parties involved. Justin Fields to the Falcons. Yeah, Fields. I'm a, I'm in agreement with you. I have Fields going there at four. This is. You also have to remember this is coming home for him. He's from Georgia. So yeah. it's a slam dunk pick from a PR standpoint. The future of your franchise, you've got a brand new head coach. Get him a brand new quarterback to kind of start working with. He's not going to play right away, and that's going to be the best thing for him. Yeah. This is slam. It's slam dunk to take him at four. Yeah. Now I'm really going to talk about there. Number five, the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't think Warner has Chase taken yet. Do the Bengals take Chase today? Go Rayshon Slater or somebody else. You have the Bengals take. All right, so we all know that Jonah Williams, um, the year after the, his rookie year, he tore his ACL, did not play. So basically, last year was his rookie year, his first year as a as a tackle in the NFL. He didn't play poorly. That being said, there is another offensive tackle spot, and there are three interior offensive lineman spots that are just plain old garbage on the Bengals' offensive line. All that being said, I have the Bengals here at number five. Got to take the best player available, Jamar Chase from LSU. Coming back to his Joe Burrow chemistry, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd in the slot. That is a damn good receiving core yeah. as it is. For me, uh, you take the best player on the board, and that guy is Gregory Rousseau. You take Gregory Rousseau to pound the joke. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to give you guys a peek behind the curtain. Sean and I did not discuss our picks. We wanted to save it for the episode. And I about fell out of my shirt. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hey, Rousseau at five? Okay. I mean, he uh, could be really good, but. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it, it's a very Bengals type pick. Let's give it that. <laughs> that is, if we were doing realistic, I probably would have drafted, like, I, I don't know, Kyle Trask or somebody. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, all seriousness, you take Penesola here. This just makes too much sense, especially with Chase off the board. Like, the only other guy in these entire draft of the Bengals well there's two um I'm like and there's some debate in the front office is if Jamar Chase uh Penae Sewell and Slater are all standing together then there's a debate but this is a no-brainer with Chase off the board I'm taking Penae Sewell the best tackle prospect in this draft class Penae Sewell not Gregory Russo you guys almost uh discredited uh everything I would ever say about the draft process (laughs) So you you had a little bit of a surprise pick. I don't know if this is a surprise pick. I've been seeing this a lot lately, and I like it. It's uh, the Bengals taking Rayshon Slater at five yeah. out of Northwestern. He's a guy who can play both inside and outside, uh, so guard and tackle. Yep. You've got to protect Joe Burrow. We saw that this year, right? He took too many hits in his first nine games. You'll lose him for the rest of the year, and now you're like, well, now we really have to. So 
you have a very good left tackle if he can stay healthy. Um, I believe that's Jonah Williams. Yeah. So now you need to get the right side. And Slater is a good run blocker as well, which you ultimately want to have on your right side. Perfect fit for the for the Bengals and what they need. So I really like that the idea of them taking him there. Yep. I, I gotta say, I was thinking about it. But oh, I yeah. haven't oh, yeah, good. I was thinking about it, which kind of sucks. I'll get to you guys are gonna be surprised by where I have Slater at. So I'm not gonna spoil it, but yeah, it kind of sucks. Well, not sucks for me anyway. Uh, number no, six, I, I've got a surprise. Don't really worry. Close. I think we all have surprises. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, that's arguably the best part about this. Like, okay, uh, this guy is should not be there. Let's talk about it. That's probably the best part about this. Uh, number six, the Philadelphia Eagles also report saying they might want to move on from Carson Wentz and taking phone calls. They're, they're listening, listening to phone calls. To phone calls. But anyway, number six, the Philadelphia Eagles. Warner, who do you have them taking? I feel like this is wide receiver or bust here. Devonta Smith, Heisman winner, uh, good route running receiver. Um, I, I feel like they they just need that solid, reliable target for whoever starts at quarterback. And if it's Jalen Hurts, um, he kind of has hey. some of that chemistry too, just saying. Um this is this, I'm not going to talk much about it. Warner kind of said there's nothing really to talk about. And Philly went healthy. Yeah, you can work on the defense. I also see the upside here at six to go a defensive guy. And they have not addressed weapons for their quarterback. I mean, the last time I think they drafted a Pro Bowl offensive player besides Wentz, it's been a while. Um, we, so we, we, we were comparing Wentz to Aaron Rodgers during that MVP season before he tore his ACL. <laughs> I guess the Eagles are taking the Aaron Rodgers approach and not getting him any help in the first round whatsoever. By the way, Warner's a Packers fan, so he has a little uh, – Ridiculous. He's a little emotional about that. But anyway, yeah, Devonta Smith, no-brainer for me. Just wait for pick 29. Just wait for it. Devonta Smith for the uh, Eagles. That's pretty self-explanatory. So I actually don't have the Eagles taking a, a, a wide receiver. Okay. And I'm an Eagles fan, so – this may be the fan of me going, we need secondary help. And I love Patrick Sertain. Okay. okay. That's fair. Sertain out of Alabama can play corner. He can play safety. He can kind of, he can be that Rover. I think he's going to be a lot like uh, Minka Fitzpatrick in the NFL, maybe not as athletic, but he's going to be that same kind of player that you can just kind of fit him in wherever you need him on the secondary. And the Eagles need help in the secondary right now. So I'm thinking if you pair Sertain with Darius Slay, and that's two, pretty close to lockdown corners and that's going to help your defense and give them, you know, your, uh, your front a lot more time to get to the quarterback. Okay. I, I, I see that. That's reasonable. Number seven, the Detroit lions, uh, whoever they pick here, they better be, they better like kneecaps. Um, really quickly, we're going to have to go over to a part two. So Warner, can you get a link ready? Um, but number seven, the Philadelphia, I mean, not the Eagles, the Detroit lions, they're going to take blank. Warner. So they just traded Matthew yep. Stafford. They got Jared Goff and picks. The Detroit Lions are going to take Trey Lance here. Um, Trey Lance, big boomer bust prospect, and and I, I think Goff can can coach him up and uh, teach him well enough to to be that guy um, in probably two or three years to be that that franchise guy. With the young defense, with hopefully they'll address receiver because Kenny Galladay is probably gone. Um, but uh, they, they, they take Trey Lance here and set up their future very, very well. 
the kneecap yeah, the era. Era. by the way john i'm sending you the link to part two now um for me uh micah parsons pick to the uh detroit lions he's gonna go here for me number seven we're i'm just gonna go past the off the field issues which are kind of glaring and he might have, I don't know if he would want higher here, but that that's that's obviously concerning. Um, but he is just an elite linebacker prospect. I don't think they're gonna go uh, quarterback here. I think they're I think they like where they are with Goff for now. At and I'm crazy, it's crazy I'm saying that, but I think they they like where they are with Goff as of right now. Next year, I would not be surprised if they don't draft a quarterback. Um, but for right now, try to build the defense up. I think that's gonna be the team they're gonna be. They're gonna try to build the defense up. Uh, play fundamentally sound. I think you go get Michael Parsons to help out that defense. When it comes to quarterbacks and the Lions, I think you both made really good points. I think they do want a quarterback for the future, and they're not planning on building it around Jared Goff. They like Goff for now. So I think that's what I'm saying is I think you both made really good points when it comes to quarterbacks in the Detroit Lions. I think also if you look at – um what Jared Goff is going to do with the Lions. He's more of a quarterback where you tell him, you give him a play call and he executes the play call, right? And that's why he didn't work in the Sean McVay type uh, offense because McVay wants a guy who's going to be a field general, who's going to come out there, he's going to make adjustments at the line of scrimmage and attack the defense for what he's showing. Goff is not that type of a quarterback. He's more of a, I'm going to make the read like you say, but I'm not going to change anything. So it's going to help the Lions having a quarterback like that at least initially in the first year or two under Dan Campbell as they start to get the offense and figure it all out. And so I think it's smart to get a quarterback now like Trey Lance. That's where I have going at number seven, I believe, is Trey Lance. I'm going to double-check that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, again, another pick. I'm like, I can completely understand if you go Trey Lance here, um, just the way that they look like they're going – um, I think they're going to go and, you know, try keep Jared Goff and, you know, be fine with them, with him for, uh, for now. All right. Number eight here. I think we have time maybe to get to 10 and after 10, we'll go into part two. Hopefully that'll be the last part. Um, number eight here. I just want to announce a trade really quickly, uh, involving the Carolina Panthers. They would not trade the eighth pick, but they do trade a pick. Um, so if you guys remember the Jets, they get Deshaun Watson. So you're like, okay, where is Sam Darnold going to go? And I have the Panthers trading for Sam Darnold here. I think they'll give up. I don't think he's he's going to get at least a second. So I have the Panthers trading their second round pick for this year, which is pick 39 and a 2022 fifth rounder for Sam Darnold. I think the Panthers, they showed how aggressive they're going to get at going to get a quarterback. Uh, just with a quarterback with upside. Teddy Bridgewater, he's fine. He's just not a guy with upside. And so I think that can kind of lead to my next pick here. I'm going to go get from the Panthers. I'm getting Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, he's not a tight end. He's is like a flex. He is that versatile on offense. He's a mismatch problem. Like Darren Waller, but a little bit better of a blocker. I mean, he is just a nightmare for defensive corners to try to guard him. And putting him with Joe Brady in these weapons, I mean, you have Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, they get back Curtis Samuel, Christian McCaffrey. This offense is, I mean, Matt Rule's got to make an a offensive draft pick at some point. I think this is the pick here, Kyle Pitts to the uh, Panthers. I don't. Um, the Panthers, 
here with their first round pick are going to take Micah Parsons, um, try to get some of that Luke Keekley magic back that they lost when he retired. Um, I think a great linebacker would be amazing with um, Dante Jackson, uh, Jeremy Chin, Brian Burns, the, all the young stars on this defense. Um, I, I also have the Panthers uh, trading for Sam Darnold, except I have them giving up a third round pick instead of a second. Um, but I think a young defense would really, really benefit them, uh, and, and especially Teddy Bridgewater, if they do want to make a playoff push with the Saints having questions on quarterback and salary cap issues, the Falcons going into a rebuild sort of state, see if they can sneak in as a, as a high wild card. I think that's all fair. Um, I have Carolina going with Caleb Farley at okay. number eight out of Virginia Tech. They're going corner and trying to solidify that secondary. They got some really good pieces this year. You know, Jeremy Chen was a great piece, great addition. Um, but they're still a little weak at corner. And uh, Far Farley is probably the best guy right there. I'm not as high on him, I guess, as a lot of other people are in this in this because he's more of a mirror technique corner. But I do think that there's a lot of positive stuff there. All right. Uh, so I think for part one, we have four minutes left. So I'm going to go through my pick nine and ten. We start part two with uh, the rest of the draft. For me, number nine uh, and ten, you're going to see the first two corners come off the board. For me, Patrick Fontana to the Denver Broncos, um, solidify and build up that secondary. You already have Justin, uh, Justin Simmons as one of your safeties. They need corner help. Something they haven't had since maybe that Super Bowl run with the Cape Tilly, Bradley Roby, Chris Harris Jr. Corner's been a real weakness of this team defensively. And then you just look offensively here. I don't think they go quarterback. John Elway is as stubborn as they come when it comes to quarterbacks. Um, so I don't think, and obviously you don't go running back with pick nine, wide receiver. I think they want to run it back. And then pick 10, I'm going to go Kayla Farley, another corner to the Dallas Cowboys this time. They had arguably the worst pass defense, just the worst defense in general. They need everything. Um, so Caleb Farley to the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Warner pick nine and ten. Yeah, basically copy and paste everything that Sean said. I have the exact same picks. Um, I have Sertan going to the Broncos, Farley going to the Cowboys for the reasons that are they both need corner help, and these are the top two corners available. Um, and I mean, yeah, let's see if the Cowboys can do anything whatsoever to maybe help their offense not have to score 44 points in a game to win. So my nine and 10 is a little bit shocking, actually. So number nine, I've got Denver taking Michael Parsons, um, trying to solidify their interior, give them some more help. Parsons is probably going to be somebody who ends up being more I'm not going to say he's going to be a total safety, but I think that's what he's going to kind of leaning, going to end up leaning more toward like Isaiah Simmons did, but he's going to play in the box. So I like him going to Broncos number 10, because I, the first two corners are off the board at number 10. I've got the Cowboys saying, screw it. Let's go with more offense. Kyle Pitts out of Florida. Cause they don't actually have a vertical threat tight end right now. And just imagine that offense with Kyle Pitts. And that's scary. That is scary. Oh, yeah, that is. The only thing I'll say about that is I still doubt they're going to be able to score 44 points every single game. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, that, I think that would be a really good pick for them as well. Yeah, another thing, I think that could be a, if the two corners off the board, I think if I'm the Cowboys, I'd potentially trade back. Look to trade back 
and get additional draft capital. And then, it, I mean, who knows if Pitts is there, take him, or if they think maybe go defense there again. But a last bit thing, we have a minute here before we wrap up part one. One guy here that has not been mentioned, uh, Warner, I sent it to you guys already. Um, Jalen Waddle has not gone off the board yet. I think a lot of top 10 hype. I guess we could talk about that in part two. And this, you're listening to the Sports Headlines podcast, part one of the mock draft special with John Bogle. We'll be right back with part two. Welcome back to part two of the SH mock draft special featuring John Vogel, writer and contributor to the uh, Brawl Network covering the NFL draft and all things draft related. Um, if you guys just missed it, uh, we ran through the top 10 picks, which was part one. Hopefully we could go through the rest of these picks. I think I have two more trades to go. Um, and yeah, also spoiler, I had Gregory Russo going to the number five pick to the Bengals. Yeah, that. That is going to happen, people. Gregory Rousseau to the Bengals. Warren's going to hate me. Uh, all right. Number 11, I believe this is, uh, who is this? The New York Football Giants. They're picking here. Uh, interesting team to draft for. Warner, who do you have the Giants picking here at number 11? All right. So at number 11 overall, just outside of the top 10. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, Jalen Waddle's moving to New York. I think this is a great fit for him. Um, I think sort of like a more a, a better, more well-rounded Darius Slayton type player. Um, give Daniel Jones as much help as he can. Daniel Jones showed flashes last year. Now, by no means is he going to be their franchise guy. <laughs> um, but but I, I'm still holding out hope for the Giants for whatever reason. I'm not a Giants fan. Don't like him. Very much. I guess they beat the Patriots twice in the in the in the Super Bowl. So I guess I got a sweet spot for him there. But um, Dylan Waddle to the Giants, help out Daniel Jones, give him all the help he can, make him prove he's not your guy before uh, you drive. <laughs> yeah, for me, uh, I kind of teased. That. I didn't even know Warner had Waddle going at ten. I mean, at eleven to the Giants. But I teased at the end of part one because I have Waddle going at eleven as well. Uh, off on the offensive side, yeah. I guess you can say offensive line, but I think they spent the number four pick last year on Andrew Thomas. Yeah, he's probably the worst of the first round picks. That, uh, well, Isaiah Wilson was bad too. But um, out of the ones like drafted in the top 15, it's like Werfs, uh, Becton, uh, Jedrick Wills. He's probably the worst of those four, but I still think he, they spent too much draft capital, the number four pick on Andrew Thomas. So I don't think that's realistic. And Jalen Waddle, hey, even though Darius Slane, I guess. By, by no means. Is, is Andrew Thomas a bust now? Because he still was a very, very good tackle prospect. And, I mean, with no rookie minicamp, no OTAs, it, it's it's a totally different climate. I think you've still got to hold up faith yeah. in, in Andrew Thomas that he's going to develop into that franchise tackle that they took out number four overall for a reason. Now, it is the Giants. They don't always make the best draft picks. But I think this was a good one last year for them. And then Jalen Waddle, of course, this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And even though Darius Slayton, I guess you could say it's a vertical deep threat, I think Jalen Wallace is just a better version of Darius Slayton. Uh, Steven, for guilty as charged, kind of say, you know, he's like a speedy, go fast guy, you know, not really much else, just a vertical deep threat guy. That's why he's not going in our top 10. Uh, John, who's your number 11? 
I actually have the Giants go in the corner here. Um, J.C. Horn out of South Carolina comes off the board. I, I do agree that they've spent a lot of capital on offensive line the last couple of years in the, in the draft. And I think they're going to wait and kind of see how it develops. Um, I think Thomas is going to take major steps forward this year. He's a very, very good tackle uh, prospect. I just I do think that he needed a couple of years to kind of adjust, but he definitely has the upside. Um, so Horn is just going to kind of help shore up their their secondary. Um, he's a I think he's a little bit smaller than he's listed. He's listed six foot, about one ninety. Um, I think he's closer to five eleven. So we'll see. But um, he's very physical. He likes to play press, and he's a, he's enjoyable to watch on tape. Yeah. Number 12, uh, the San Francisco 49ers are picking here. And the name you guys have already mentioned is finally coming off the board for me. The Niners are going to take quarterback, excuse me, Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. Um, he is like the definition of a raw boomer bust quarterback. You stick him in this Kyle Shanahan offense um, and learn and develop under Jimmy Garoppolo. I think, you know, after a year, maybe even two, I think Trey Lance and his Kyle Shanahan offense can do some uh, wonders for this team. He is ultra, uh, he is ultra athletic, kind of not Lamar Jackson asking as good of a runner as Lamar, obviously, but I kind of, when I watch tape, the good and the bad, I kind of say this kind of reminds me of Lamar Jackson, the good and the bad for Trey Lance. But anyway, Trey Lance, number 12 for me to the San Francisco 49ers. Warner. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. The first trade of my mock draft, uh, I guess 3.0 is where we're at right now. The 49ers are going to make a trade with the New York Jets. Uh, Number 12 overall, the Niners will send to New York. They will get back the number 23 overall pick and the number 66 overall pick um, from the Jets. And the Jets are going to help out their new franchise quarterback, Zach Wilson, with none other than Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern at number 12 overall. I like that pick. I can respect that pick. I think for them to be trading 11 picks down in the first round, I think a first and a third, I think it would cost a little bit more than that, but I, I like your thinking there. John, who do you have the Niners taking at pick 12? I actually have the Niners going offensive line, but um, Slater's already off the board, so they're going to go with Christian Darisaw out of Virginia Tech. Um, very raw, athletic type type guy, but fits that sort of. He's very, like I said, he's very athletic, so he's going to fit that uh, that Forty Nine er scheme very well. Yeah, um, pick thirteen here, my Los Angeles Chargers, a guy who is not off the board yet, uh, but it's just again, I just think uh, based off like the teams ahead of them, I didn't see any of the teams drafting an offensive lineman. Uh, I guess the Niners is what you click in, maybe. Um, but I have my Chargers taking Rashawn Slater, the guy who the Warner had the Jets just taking. He is so versatile, and we had guilty as charged, Steven, again. He just came on the other day. He was like, you know, we get Orlando Brown potentially in a trade if the Ravens will answer calls for him. He still go offensive line. Rashawn Slater, as you pointed out earlier, um, great run blocker. He's athletic. Great pass protect. You want to protect Justin Herbert at all costs, so we don't have what happened to what happened to Joe Burrow last year happened to Herbert. So my Chargers, please draft an offensive lineman. I don't care if we get uh, 
I don't care if we get Ronnie Stanley, Stanley or David Bakhtiar. I don't care who we get if we trade for somebody or free agent. We can get the best offensive lineman ever. Go offensive line here at Pick 13. All right, Sean. Um, the Los Angeles Chargers. Rashawn Slater just went the pick before the Jets traded up and sniped him away from the Chargers. And as a result, the Chargers got very, very sad and said, you know what, we better have an insurance plan because Justin Herbert's probably getting hurt now. We are the Chargers, and we do have a bad offensive line. That equals bad things in terms of injuries on quarterbacks. And the Chargers are going to pick Kyle Trask. Out of, no, I'm playing. Um, the Chargers are going to draft Samuel Cosme out of Texas. Good pass-protecting tackle uh, for him to, to give Herbert a little bit of extra time. Um, and then they just got to solve the interior offensive line with their next six picks, hopefully, if you're a Chargers fan. Really quickly, that was – uh, that if you were dead serious, that would have been worse than my Gregory Rousseau pick. That would have been way worse. All right, uh, John, pick 13. Okay, so you're a Chargers fan. Um, is Mel- Melvin Ingram is a free agent this year, right? Yep. Okay, so I don't like the tackles that are sitting there for the Chargers, to be honest, um, considering Darisol just came off the board and I've got Slater and Sewell already gone. I have them going with Aziz Ojolari out of Georgia. He's a very versatile edge um, to replace Ingram. And he's probably actually an upgrade because he's more of a speed rusher and fits that sort of uh, the opposite side that you want with Joey Bosa. All right. Um, if I like the, I like the intention, but I, I think even if you do get Orlando Brown, you've got to. No, no, this is just in a random scenario. I think if like, if I'm the Chargers and I don't like the tackle prospects, at least trade back. Yeah, I just trade back then. But that again, that's understandable. Uh, number fourteen, uh, who is this? I think this is the Minnesota Vikings here. I'm gonna have them taking, or even this guy. I think would have been nice um, for my Chargers for you for your mock draft. Um, they need offensive line help, and they're gonna take Elijah Vera Tucker. One, if besides Slater, probably the most versatile offensive lineman in football. I mean, come prospect. Uh, you can put, slot him in guard, but he is really versatile. You can put him at tackle, et cetera, et cetera. This Vikings team, the defense is young. I'm not sure they would go defense, especially with the players available. I mean, maybe, well, no, they just drafted the corner. So I wouldn't go corner from the Vikings. And, I mean, no quarterback I like here for the Vikings at 14. You have a franchise running back. Your receiving course is really good. Kyle pissed off the board, so tight ends, not an option. I go Elijah Vera Tucker if I'm the Vikings. All right. The Vikings got burned in their secondary last year. Um, hopefully with Daniel Hunter coming back, their their pass rush will not be as bad. Um, right now I have J.C. Horn out of South Carolina being picked by the Vikings um, to join Mike Zimmer in that defense. Number 14 overall, J.C. Horn. So this is probably my little shocker. Well, at least one of the first ones here. If Ojolari wasn't enough of a shocker. Uh, Minnesota Vikings are thinking future. There is a quarterback prospect that is on the board. No way Matt Jones goes. Right? No No, way. no, no, because he hasn't come off. This guy hasn't come off the board yet. It's Zach Wilson out of BYU. I think that would be a steal for them. <laughs> My goodness. Steal alert. Steal alert. And the Vikings – let Wilson sit behind Cousins, let Cousins finish out his contract, and then put in 
a much better quarterback, in my opinion, by the time he takes the field. Uh, I really like Zach Wilson to the Vikings right there. Steal of the century. Number 15, the New England Patriots. Uh, they need a lot on the offensive side. Probably another thing they don't need is offensive line. I'm going to have them take your guy, Mac Jones, here. Um, and I think this is the perfect spot because if he doesn't go here, he's going to be lower first round, early second round. This is the perfect spot for Mac Jones. Josh McDaniels has worked with a quarterback like Mac Jones for the past 20 years or probably less. He was there the entire time, but he's worked with quarterback, AKA Tom Brady, who kind of fits the mold of a Mac Jones. Mac Jones is a little bit more, uh, a little bit more mobile than Tom Brady, obviously, but he goes through his reads. I thought, I think people are overrating his ability to assess pressure. I thought it was okay, but that's fine. You give you guys, uh, I think you bring back Cam for one more year or go get a veteran quarterback. It doesn't matter if it's Cam or not. I think you don't have Mac play this year. Let him sit behind somebody, somebody, whether it's Cam or somebody else. Andy Dalton. Dalton. Oh, I actually like that one. Um, Mac Jones to the Patriots, and you can get wide receiver up, which they desperately need in either free agency or uh, second round. Here we go with the Patriots' 15th overall pick in the 2021 draft. The Patriots will select from Minnesota wide receiver Rashad Bateman coming to the Patriots, finally getting somebody, whoever the quarterback will be, Okay, um, so with that pick, that would indicate that the Patriots are saying, okay, yep, Cam, you're coming back one more year for sure. No, 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 not necessarily. Or or you go get an Andy Dalton. Like, this is a we are, like, relatively confident in whatever quarterback we get in free agency or re-sign. So that's kind of what that pick indicates. There is also a possibility of a trade-up in the second round. So what, to get Kyle Trask? (laughs) <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> By the way, I almost had a, a brain uh, seizure watching Kyle Trask. Oh, my gosh. That was that was a lot. Um, anyway, pick 15, John. I, I've got Mac Jones coming off the board right there, too. He's he's not just the perfect fit for the, the Patriots, but he's emulated Tom Brady his entire life. You go back on his Twitter, he's always trying to imitate Tom Brady and, and pick up on the things that he does. It's a perfect fit. I like it. Uh, Jones and Bel- I mean, uh, Belichick and Saban are friends, too, so I'm sure Saban's been, hey, go get this guy. There's a lot of that going on, too. Uh, Mac Jones, the Patriots, is great. Yep. Pick 16 here, 16 here, the Arizona Cardinals. So back when we did our very first mock draft, let's see if I can November. Um, this would have been a completely different pick because their draft position was different. Than their, like, uh, Creed Humphrey was my pick, I believe, for them because they were picking in the 20s. Like, this makes a lot of sense. They need some offensive line help. Uh, have Reunite some of that chemistry, if you will, with Kyler and Creed Humphrey as a center. But now they're pick 16. I have them taking J.C. Horn, corner out of South Carolina. You guys have already brought him up. Um, when I watched this tape, I thought he's – I think he's my uh, – obviously, he's my CB3, cornerback three. Um, and if you're saying, like, why go corner here? Well, Patrick Pearson is getting up there in age, people. Like, let's not – like – Let's not ignore that. And you pair him with Byron, Byron Murphy. He doesn't even have to be cornerback two in the depth chart this year. You can maybe let Pat P play as a starter, maybe one more year, play JC next year. But you have Byron Murphy, uh, JC Horn, uh, Isaiah Simmons, and uh, Crabuda Baker. 
That yep. is, especially if they make convert like the full transition, have Isaiah Simmons play more of a safety role. This is not the perfect, it's obviously not the perfect secondary, but it is like dang close to being one of the better secondaries in the league based on the potential. Warner. Here we go. I like how you say, here we go, like a Roger. Here is, if you guys can uh, think back to the picks I've made. Notice how not one tight end has gone off the board up to this point. Oh, here we go. Oh, my God. Here we go. Kyle Pitts with Kyler Murray, Christian Kirk, DeAndre Hopkins. This is a loaded offense combined with an extremely talented defense. The, the, the blocking ability, but this receiving ability of Kyle Pitts. Oh, my goodness. In the air raid offense, the Cardinals are going to be scary next year. This arguably by me. And the 49ers and the Seahawks. So, once again, another loaded NFC West. This might be more of a steal than the Zach Wilson to Minnesota. No, nah, no. Nah. Franchise quarterback of everything. <laughs> so. Oh, wow. I don't know how you top that. No, no, no. That that same type of thinking that I had with Pitts to the Cowboys. So, I, I like that. Um, and I think I've. I have pits. I've been writing out these lists of ta- teams, you know, with prospects that they'll be targeting. Pitts is definitely on uh, the Arizona Cardinals because they don't have a tight end right now either, really outside of, I think, Dan Arnold is their starter right now. So I I have them taking Jalen Mayfield out of uh, Michigan, the offensive tackle, more another athletic type guy, fits what uh, Cliff wants to do. I just think that protecting the quarterback this year is going to be a big focus. All right, pick 17 here. The Las Vegas Raiders could have absolutely botched picks recently. Uh, for me, oh, pick 17. Trust me. Oh, yeah. Uh, pick 17 for me, the Raiders. I think the offense is solidified here. Maybe in a second or third round, go get a wide receiver potentially. But I like the offense. So I'm going to go defense here. I'm going to go with the guy I mentioned earlier as a joke. I'm going to go Gregory Rousseau here. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I liked him a little bit more than I thought he would. And even if you don't have, like, if you're not raving about him, they need some upside on defense. There is no upside whatsoever. He's a really solid, uh, pass rusher and just get after the quarterback. And this kind of will help them when you face the Kansas city, you, you can't blitz Patrick Mahomes. You're going to have to rush for Gregory Russo can be that guy for this team. I have Gregory Russo going pick 17 to the Raiders, the first edge rusher off the board. Yep, I believe so. For me, anyway. Me too. Gregory Russo also is going to go to the Raiders. I think that's a a pretty obvious fit. Um, No, not for the Raiders. Can't say obvious. What did you say? Can't say obvious. It's the Raiders. Okay, that's that's fair. Um, But Cleveland Farrell is obviously not getting the job done there. I think that's pretty obvious, um, even though it is the Raiders. Um, so Greg Russo from from Miami, Florida, is going to be an Oakland Raider and go move out to Las Vegas. Las Vegas. You said Oakland. Did I really say Oakland? Yes. Damn. Okay. It's okay. Yeah, I'm sure it's okay, still, Warner. They'll play Redskins. So yeah, you know. that's that's true. It, it took forever for me to say Las Vegas and uh, football team and replacement of yeah, it's crazy. All right, pick seventeen, John. So I've got the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Going defense too, not edge rusher, but uh, linebacker Nick Bolton out of Missouri. If you want to talk about somebody that John Gruden and Mike Mayock love, the type of player that's Nick Bolton. He just he just has Raiders written all over him. So have him going seventeen. 
I like it. I like it. Uh, pick 18, I believe. The Dolphins, for me, uh, the reason I did not go tackle at three, which, again, you can criticize what you want. Again, if you pick Panay Sewell at three, I have no beast with that. So I'm going to go Samuel Cosme here easily, in my opinion, the best pass-protecting offensive tackle here at 18. Um, you still kind of – I think it's kind of a win-win here. You still accomplish the goal going into this first round, which is, hey, Go get a playmaker. Go get go get a uh, go get a uh, pass protecting tackle to protect Tua. The playmaker that was available was I mean there's nobody even close to that. Got to be there at 18. Uh, for me, I think is Cosme tackle three. I think he is. yeah he's my uh, third tackle. I think there's a there is a universe where he becomes a better tackle than Penesul. Obviously that's the universe. But um, I have Samuel Cosme going pick 18 here to the uh, Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins, 18th overall, are going to grab one of the most intriguing players from the Senior Bowl, the man who was snapping ankles left and right and then dropping the football, Kadarius Tony, uh, <laughs> wide receiver out of Florida. You don't have to – oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, he, the, he's going he's gonna to help Tua with that big playability. Uh, along with Preston Williams and uh, Devontae Parker on the outside, Mike Gusecki as well as, as that weird flex tight end receiver type of player. Um, it's going to really bolster up them. They, they drafted Penny Sewell early in the draft, so they got their pass-protecting franchise tackle. Now they're going to get somebody to help out the franchise quarterback again in Kadarius Tony. No, no, that I love how you threw that out because I, I was the jerk who took the, 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 the video on Twitter and was like, he dropped the ball at the end. Um, well, oh my gosh, that route, yeah. <laughs> no, the route was fantastic, but he didn't catch the ball. Yeah, he didn't catch the ball. Well, I was like, ah, I think I tweeted, I was like, that might have been, if he caught the ball, that might have been the rep of the senior, but when he dropped the ball, I was like, ah, it doesn't yeah. matter anymore. So I, I actually have the, the Dolphins taking Samuel Cosme here too, uh, out of Texas. I think that's a really good fit for them and protect Tua at all costs. Yeah. Did you have? I forget. I already forgot. We had uh, them taking a three. Did you have them take a Chase two or three? Smith. You got to take a Smith. You Smith. Take a Smith. Okay. Um, wait. Did Chase has Chase come off the board for you? Oh my god. I I have I I I have a friend in the the business. Wow. Uh, let's see. Blake. Um, dang it. Are you serious? Sports. Blake Rafino. He's a great LSU insider. I mean, he knows everything going on in the state of Louisiana if it has to do with sports. He would kill me right now if he knew I was doing this. Oh, but my. Yeah, oh. I'm tagging him on Twitter. This is an outrage. I quit. Um, number 19. Uh, this is my third trade of the first round. I have the uh, Indianapolis Colts. So this is the Washington football team's pick out the Colts, trading up two spots. Um, so you're going to trade their 21st overall pick and a fourth rounder to the Washington football team. And they're going to go get a guy to replace Anthony Costanzo, their left tackle they just lost. Uh, they're going to go get Christian Derisaw, the best tackle available on the board for me anyway. And you're right back at looking at one of the best offensive lines of football. Again, now you have an easy replacement for Costanzo because, I mean, in – if they had to wait two picks, I'm not sure that Derisoff and my uh, mock draft name would have lasted two more picks. So this pick just makes sense for the Colts and for Washington. You get additional draft capital. 
the Washington football team <clears throat> is going to take a shot at a crucial position on their offense. Contrast. Draft for the future. Mac Jones is now a member of the Washington football team Ooh. at number 19 overall. <clears throat> I think him and the scary Terry McLaurin are in, his in, career. In, in What's that? I said, there goes his career. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think, I think this is a, a good pick. Um, I had, I had when I, when I drafted Rashad Bateman, I had the Patriots going to try to trade into the uh, mid twenties and draft Mac Jones, but uh, Washington just took him first. And now they have their hopefully quarterback of the future. If Jones doesn't go to new England, I see, I can see that happening for sure. So I've got um, Washington here taking a wide receiver off the board, Jamar chase at 19 giving a number one option to um, Terry that's, McLaurin. To that's, put like him the, that's like the um, Laramie Tunzel fall in his draft. I mean, he so, just. I don't think that, I don't think it's a character concern. I think this is something that you're going to start seeing a lot with wide receivers is they're going to start sliding in the draft. And the reason that is, is because there's so many of them. Yeah, People the are going to start prioritizing other positions, just like running back, you know, running backs don't really go in the first round anymore either because there's a lot of them, you know? So I think that's what you're going to start seeing with wide receivers. The last two or three classes have been so deep and so many immediate impact guys. Um, and I think that's why Chase falls. And as I'm going through this draft, you know, as I'm putting this together, I'm like, I don't see them taking a receiver. I don't see them taking him. I don't see them until right here. Washington could actually use him and it upgrades their uh, receivers. I am not here. I am. <laughs> the chair is going to replace the, uh, the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears are going to pick. I hope the audio on this is good. I'm, I'm on the floor. You're obviously. fine. Uh, the Chicago Bears are going to take Darius Tony, wide receiver out of Florida. Pretty simple here for me. Just replace Allen Robertson because if I'm Allen Robertson, I am not going back to that crap hole, which is the Chicago Bears. So, uh, Darius Tony to the uh, Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears, with their 20th overall pick, are going to go to Notre Dame and grab Liam Eichenberg, um, the offensive tackle to help out Mr. Trubisky as much as, the, as much as they can because he desperately needs it. Um, I think they're going to give him – whether they give him a shot, is, it remains to be seen, but um, I think he still has a little bit of upside if he goes to a, a good system with a good coach. And uh, for now, the Bears are just going to draft that, that tackle of the future and address receiver later in the draft. Interesting picks on, on both sides of the Bears. I, I actually have them going linebacker and taking Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa. Um, this guy can like do a lot. I, this guy can do a lot, and he kind of fits that, that defense that they need. Um, especially he can kind of play outside. You can kind of have him play some rush edge a little bit and kind of pair him with Khalil Mack, and you can push him inside. He's anywhere in the box he can play, and I think that's something the Bears will value, and they just take him right there. Yeah. Um. Crap. Where did my thing go? Okay. So pick twenty-two. Um. With the Tennessee tight. I know. Crap. We're at twenty-one. My bad. Uh. The Washington football team. They're gonna select. Uh. With them trading down for me to pick twenty-one. They're gonna take. In my opinion, you. I know you had. Uh. The Michigan tackle. I believe Jalen Mayfield already going. But my opinion, Taven Jenkins 
Uh, offensive tackle out of Oklahoma State. I like him a little bit better um, after watching some of Jalen Mayfield's tape, specifically from Penn State game last year and watching Taven Jenkins. I, I just kind of prefer Taven Jenkins a little bit more over uh, Jalen Mayfield. And if you go better route, this is also a situation where I'm like Andy Dalton, maybe. Um, if, yeah, this makes sense for me, go get so that when you get a quarterback, they have some protection in place. You have Terry McLaurin. You have Antonio Gibson in your backfield. I like the defense for now. Um, so I'm going to go, uh, crap, all right, Taven Jenkins, offensive tackle out of Oklahoma State. The Indianapolis Colts at pick number 21 are going to take Asante Samuel Jr., cornerback out of Florida State. Um, I, I think I think they grab him. I'm getting some looks right now. I think um, he comes into the uh, low 20s, and um, the Colts are going to try to solidify that that secondary. Um, and and I don't know if you guys have heard, but there were some text messages released about Andrew Luck talking with He's not Jim coming back. Is Andrew Luck coming back? He's not coming back. If so, all of their offensive problems are solved. <laughs> um, yeah, him. so – so Albright, ben, uh, ben Albright already debunked that. Um, it's that's not a dream, though. Now, now I, I I texted my friend Andrew Luck and asked him if he was going back to the Colts because I actually know someone named Andrew Luck. I was about to say like, okay, what the the big scoop is Andrew coming back? Hey, so when, when Andrew Luck goes to the Colts, I think they'll be all right too. No, when you see when you see my guy, my tweet, I'm saying, hey, Andrew Luck's coming. He said he said, ha, ah, very funny. I don't think he's coming back, but. Um, I actually did text somebody named Andrew Luck. That's not a joke. But, sorry, Colts 21, taking Liam Eichenberg out of uh, Notre Dame right here, replacing Costanza like we talked about. I think um, that's the best fit for the Colts. Yeah. And dag on Zoom, we might have to need another one in about 10 minutes. But, um, anyway, uh, for me, uh, are we up pick 22 now? Yeah, we are pick 22. By the way, uh, Sante Samuel Jr., he's a nice prospect for sure. Might be a little bit of a reach, but anyway. Uh, pick 22 here, the Tennessee Titans had one of the most atrocious pass rushes in recent memory. They get no pressure after the passer. So I'm going to go Carlos Basham Jr., uh, edge rusher out of Wake Forest here. This makes a lot of sense for me after reviewing some of tape. I like him as a prospect. He's a little raw. I think you need a little bit of time to develop him a little bit, but he has a lot of upside in my opinion. This edge rusher class uh, is, a little, is like deep. It's like the top five or six are all decent prospects, and none of them are obviously like top ten prospects. But I'm gonna go uh, Carlos Basham Jr. to the Titans. Uh, need to say the least for the Titans. At number twenty-two overall, the Tennessee Titans are going to draft Joseph Asai, the edge rusher out of Texas. Um, got a bolster of that edge help. Uh, Joseph Asai is moving to Tennessee. Okay, so um, I'm probably going to butcher his name. Bear with me. I've got the Titans taking Jeremiah Wuzu Koromoa out of Notre Dame, the linebacker slash safety. Um, he's not an immediate edge rush type guy, but he is going to help with the with both pass protection, I mean, uh, pass coverage and um, pass rushing. So I think that's something that will help them a lot. Yeah. Uh, this is my last trade, tra uh, pick number 23 here, uh, my last trade. So the Baltimore Ravens are going to trade up from pick 27 to pick 23 
which was the Texan spot. Because remember, the Texans traded for Deshaun Watson. No, the Texans traded Deshaun Watson. So this is technically the Jets pick that the Texans now have, and the Ravens are trading for it. So the Ravens are going to trade pick 27 and pick uh, 90, which I believe is a third rounder, and to trade up four spots to pick 23. They're going to pick Creed Humphrey. They need some interior offensive line help. Creed Humphrey, the best center uh, in this draft class, in my opinion. Give Lamar Jackson some help with pass protection. Uh, Creed Humphrey is a good run blocker as well, pretty decent run blocker. Uh, so Creed Humphrey for me to the Baltimore Ravens. And, I mean, the reason why I think it's a good spot to trade up, the division round of Pittsburgh Steelers are pick number 24. It's Pittsburgh could be flirting potentially with the Creed Humphrey because their interior offensive line, especially, is getting a little older. All right, so if you remember, um, I had a trade occur between the Jets and the 49ers. So the 49ers own pick number 23. Oh, and with said pick, they are going to take Christian Barmore, the defensive tackle, out of Alabama mm -hmm. um, as sort of a sort of a, a Band-Aid replacement, um, long-term cheap guy, cheap guy um, because they traded DeForest Buckner last year. The Colts took him with their first-round pick, um, essentially. So – the 49ers are going to draft themselves some Christian Barmore defensive tackle out of Alabama. I actually like that pick now. Uh, yeah, I, I like it. I've actually got the Jets taking Carlos Basham Jr. Out right there. As you just mentioned, going to the 22 um, to, from Wake Forest. Very, very, very explosive edge. He seemed to lose a step this year. I think he put on some weight, but yeah. uh, knock a good bit of that off before the senior bowl and perform well. So I think uh, Basham 23, the Jets, fits that edge need they, that they – desperately need right now yeah uh yeah speaking of bash we had a great senior bowl in my opinion <coughs> pick 20 pick number 24 uh since pittsburgh cannot get their interior offensive lineman they're gonna let james connor go in my opinion i do not touch the defensive on pittsburgh i'm gonna go get running back one and it's rare you go running back in the first round but pittsburgh i think this is the right situation because you're gonna win a super bowl and the window is closing fast Got, you're going to have to run the football a lot more with Ben as their quarterback. So I'm going to go Najee Harris, easily running back one in this draft class. And again, like I said earlier, it's kind of unfortunate for guys like Chuba Herbert, Chuba Herbert, because um, this was last year. He's easily running back one. But Najee Harris, explosive guy, uh, shifty out of the backfield. Use him well, as a pass catch. He's underrated pass catching running back as well. Najee Harris, uh, which by the way, which would really benefit the you know their short passing game they love to do. But Najee Harris, pick uh, twenty four to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I wouldn't say easily running back one, but I also have Najee Harris going to um, the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's running back one. Yes, I, I have him as running back one, just not easily. I think Travis <laughs> is still a, is still a very very good back. Uh, different time, types of back, but I think Najee Harris can be that workhorse that they need um, mm -hmm. more so than a Travis Etienne type of, you know, Alvin Kamara receiving back a uh, quick guy um, for their offense. I actually have the, the Steelers going um, defense here because I'm not – I'm not yeah, – I'm guessing Bud Dupree doesn't come back. Um, so Joseph Asai goes right here out of Texas to replace Dupree. Okay, okay. Uh, pick number 25 here. Let's see how much more we can get down. We have to go to part three, unfortunately. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're going to take a guy that I believe is off the board already for both of you guys. But you want to get a pass protecting 
offensive tackle. I have to watch some of his tape, especially against Clemson. I don't like, I think he's a little raw as a run blocker, but as a pass protector, I think he's a pretty solid pass protector. I'm going to go with Liam Eichenberg out of Notre Dame, um, offensive tackle. Give Trevor Lawrence some protection here. Um, wide receiver, I think you're fine for now. They pick really, I think they have the first pick in the second round, so if you really want a wide receiver, you could get one there. Um, so I'm going to go Liam Eichenberg, uh, tackle out of Notre Dame. All right, number 25 overall, the Jags are gonna. I'm gonna go a similar route. I've had Eichenberg already taken though. Um, and the Jacksonville Jaguars to help Trevor Lawrence and hopefully help Urban Meyer's sanity and mental health. Uh, they're gonna take Christian Derisaw, offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech. Gotta anchor that offensive line somehow for your um, for the luscious locks of Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, so I guess we all have them going with some protection for Lawrence I'm just going a slightly different route here I'm taking uh, Elijah Vera Tucker off the board here at 25 from I forgot he was on the board for you that's a steal yeah that is a good steal. that is a big one for them so I've got them him going right there and just again protect Trevor Lawrence at all costs start to build around him really good use of the pick yeah uh let's see here how much time to say we have all right three minutes let's see what pick are we at? Pick 26. I think we're at the Browns pick now. Yep, so like, 26. Uh, all right, so I think we can get we can get 26 out. We'll close out part three with 27 to 32 and maybe final recap or whatever. Uh pick 20 pick 26 for me is going to be a linebacker uh for the Cleveland Browns, Jeremiah Awusu Karmora. Uh offensively, they are set. For me, they, they, I don't touch the offense. Baker played like a top 10 quarterback during the closing stretches of the year. You definitely don't touch running back. Maybe the second or third best offensive line in football. You're getting Odell back. Defensively, I like our set. I'm, I'm optimistic about the secondary, especially the corners. Um, Grease coming back. You have Denzel Ward. You have Miles Garrett as your edge rusher. But they have some of the worst linebackers and safeties outside of Grant Delpit, who we haven't seen yet in the league. Owusu Kuromara could be like that uh, that hybrid guy. Um, now, one thing I'm a little worried about is like he he almost always goes with a big hit, and I want to see him like something these guys wrap the guy up, uh, and because these NFL guys they're they're just gonna bounce off of you, so you got preferably wrap them up more cleanly. But this is a really nice pick for the Browns in a position of need. Yeah, I'm going a similar similar route. Uh, number 26 overall, they're going to get sort of an off-ball um, sort of wheel linebacker, though. Uh, great in, in coverage. Um, one notable trait about this guy is that he kind of takes the Eric Kendricks approach in, in zone coverage, which is a great approach, the best approach um, that you can have as a linebacker, and that's covering men, not grass. Zayvon Collins, linebacker out of Tulsa, will go to the Browns here um, to solidify that pass defense, but also just a linebacker position in general. All right. So one of the things to kind of hurt the Browns later in the stretch was not having someone on the other side of Miles Garrett. And I think if you can get him more one-on-one -on -one opportunities on the outside, you know, with someone who's going to threaten on the, on the opposite side of him, you're going to see Miles Garrett put 15, 16 sacks on the, on the next season. And I think the Browns are kind of thinking 18, that too. 19, man. Oh my goodness. I know exactly. It's crazy, but. Jalen Phillips is an edge out of Miami. He is a strictly pass rushing edge. And I mean, he should, he's pretty good in run too, but he's 
very much a speed rusher like Miles Garrett is, uh, very good hand technique and stuff. And so I think that Jalen Phillips would be a great pair. All right, so this is part three. Um, if you guys just missed it, so the last pick of the uh, part two of this episode, uh, I've selected Jeremiah Arusu Koromora. Warner had them taken, I believe, Zayvon Collins or, or was yep. it Nick Bolton? Zayvon Collins. Zayvon Collins. And John had them taking Jalen Phillips, uh, edge rusher out of Miami. Uh, let's wrap up the draft here. Pick 27. This is the uh, pick that was the Ravens with the Texas traded back from 23. And they are one of the, I mean, you, you're facing Derrick Henry twice a year. Let that sink in. They're one of the worst run defenses in football. And I'm going to go get a guy a lot that has hype that I'm like, eh, I don't know, in terms of a pass rushing standpoint, but this guy's an NFL ready uh, run stopper at the edge position. Um, he, he's a raw pass rusher, but I think he could develop that, especially to bring JJ Watt back. And I'm going to go Quiddy Pay here, pick 27 um, for the Houston Texans. Um, they added additional draft capital, so I think the Texans could potentially you know th th again a guy uh, that I really like coming out of the Senior Bowl, James Hudson. Maybe draft him in the second or third round, get a receiver as well. I think you, you're facing for Christ's sake, you're facing Derrick Henry twice a year. You need some run stop. You need help stopping the run. Here's what I'll say: um, JJ Watt right now is going to get paid seventeen and a half million dollars, I believe, um, and the Texans are seventeen million under the cap with no penalty if they release J.J. Watt. Um, now, you had Deshaun Watson being traded, so I don't know what, it's get, what that's going to do in terms of cap situation, if they're going to work out some sort of a deal where the Jets have to pay the the cap or, or uh, he waives some of his salary. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but um, I just want to throw that hypothetical out there. But um, number 27 overall, the Baltimore Ravens are going to make a, a, a great pick here um, out of Oklahoma, Creed Humphrey. Um, going to be able to play center uh, if they need to offensive guard, but that center spot is really, really weak for them. Um, and, and so I think Creed Humphrey is a home run pick here for the offense they want to run uh, for Lamar Jackson and for their running game as well with uh, J.K. Dobbins and Gus the Bus Edwards. So I, I've got the Ravens getting a really good steal here, actually. Um, you guys are going to be shocked again. You're going to be like, he didn't come off the board yet? Um, the Ravens decide that um, they're going to continue to boost their wide receiver core. Okay, really quickly, really quickly, Warner, recap what what was uh, the John pick? What who did he have them pick? Yeah, pick twenty seven. He froze. We'll just edit this part out. There he goes. We're back. No, no, yeah, oh, you're, okay. you're back. We're, we're back. Okay, I, 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 it was you were about to say the name. You said they were going to boost the receiving core. You're going to be surprised they haven't come off the board, and then it, it just cut out. Gotcha. Okay, wide receiver then Waddle out of Alabama at 27. Uh, two just speed burners on the outside. They cut out again. You Did said Jalen Waddle. I said Jalen Waddle. Yeah. Oh my goodness! At 27. He's still on the board. They need a wide receiver. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that is a great pick. I, I don't know necessarily how he fell, but oh my goodness. A home run there. If they want to turn Lamar Jackson into more of a passing quarterback. Now, granted, with Jalen Waddle, he's going to have to be able to throw outside of the numbers. 
which is something he just hates doing for whatever reason. Um, but that is going to give him the, a lot of confidence <laughs> to do so with uh, Waddle and the Marquise Brown and, and Devin. Du- oh, man. The one thing that, that's uh, good and bad about doing this is, like, you forget when, like, somebody's, like, off the board or when somebody's still on the board. But And that's the bad part. But the good part is, like, so they just randomly pop up, like, oh, crap, is this late? And they're just not going – but obviously for the Ravens, this is another steal. Uh, we talked about that a lot in this uh, draft so far. Okay. Um, I believe we're at pick 28. Yep. New Orleans Saints, New Orleans Saints, rumors have it that they are uh, – that Jameis Winston is in their p- current plans for the future. And Drew Brees also said this is your team now. Um, I'm not going to go offense here. I'm going to go defense. I'm going to go linebacker. Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa. Um, give them some help. Demario Davis is getting up there in age, and I mean he's still a very well serviceable linebacker. But I mean, you never know, and they're gonna lose some pieces defensively. They are well above the salary cap. They just ninety-five million over the salary cap. Through the rules, every year we don't care. We are spending money in the salary cap. Gosh darn it, over the salary cap. So I'm gonna go Zayvon Collins here to bolster this defense and. Because in case Jameis isn't all that great next, you're going to have to win some games with your defense. Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa. Um, he's also decent at, as a pass coverage linebacker as well. I like this pick for the Saints. Well, do we, know that, do we know Drew Brees is retiring yet? That's true. He has not announced it yet. Just saying. Number 28. I'm going to go sort of a, a throwback. Um, here when the Saints were, were when Drew Brees was in his prime, this other player was in their prime, Marcus Colson was still on the team, throwback. But one of the best tight ends in the league was Jimmy Graham for the Saints. And I think they're going to pick another rock star tight end, Pat Fierrymuth, um, the tight end out of Penn State. Cannot say his last name. Um, now I feel like Sean, but he's going he's gonna to go, uh, Big Pat out of Penn State is going to go to. The Saints at number 28, and man, I would love I would love for him to just tell me how to say his name. Just post a video on Twitter, please, saying your last name, and, and I will say it forever the right way. Although I like the nickname Big Pat. Big Pat is your <laughs> All right, pick number 29, the Green Bay Packers. So this, this mock draft I'm currently looking at that I've finished, this is like the sixth rendition of my third mock draft because, you know, <laughs> crashing – and on like the fifth one, I was like, okay, maybe I trade back. And then I changed some things up on my sixth one. I'm like, okay, I don't think we trade back here because there's a guy I believe Warner had taken earlier that is here at 29. The Packers will take a wide receiver. And they're going to take Rashad Bateman, wide receiver out of Minnesota. I like Um, that. He's I think he'll be great in his Mike LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan-esque offense. Pair him with Aaron Rodgers. Devontae will get a lot less double teams now. Um, he's even, good, if, even if Devontae gets his double teams, Bateman's just going to play better. <laughs> um, right. Right. You're you're exactly right about that. Um, and I think, you know, he, you can use him as a vertical threat, but you, he's really good. He can be almost like a – uh, Debo Samuel, Brandon, you get like those crossing routes over the middle of the field. You have your like Mike Thomas too, I think. Yeah, you have your vertical deep threat in MBS. 
which is why I think in my fifth rendition of this third one, I had you guys take it Amon Rossi Brown. I was like, I don't like another deep threat for this team. I don't like that. And I, I don't think Warner would like that either. You want another like route runner, get open guy that's going to catch the football. Uh, I'm going to have Rashad Bateman going to the Packers. And we already have a St. Brown. Here we go. The Packers. Oh, boy. We're about to get a rant. 29 overall. They just drafted Jordan Love. Last They're going to draft Cal Trask. Perfect. Makes perfect sense. They just drafted Jordan Love last year to be the heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers. Oh, boy. Now that oh boy. this happened, Packers the logical pick, pick for the Packers is, a is running to draft back. Sam Ellinger because he has to be the backup to Jordan Love because, I mean, what, what else are we doing if we're not drafting the backup to our backup to the franchise quarterback? That is an A-plus draft grade. That might be better than the Jaguars taking Trevor Lawrence. Listen about yeah. Sam Ellinger. He is a bum. He does not know how to <laughs> No, but um, in all seriousness, the Packers are actually going to trade back here um, with the Panthers. Um, so the Panthers are going to trade up. Um, they are going to trade the number 39 overall pick, so the seventh pick of the second round, um, and also the 107th overall pick, which is their fourth round pick, um, to jump up here to pick number 29. Um, and they are going to draft a guy who has not gone. He's already gone for both of yours. He's an offensive tackle. Mayfield. Elijah Vera Tucker to the Carolina <laughs> Panthers. He gets drafted here at number 29, and there goes Sean for the second time this episode. Down and out of his seat. Steal for the Panthers. It is a steal. I kind of like that. <laughs> it is a steal. If he if he was on the board, I think the Packers would take him on mine. But um, I've actually got uh, Quiddy Pay going here, the edge out of Michigan. Um, I think – this makes a lot of sense, kind of a hometown type dude, and uh, he he fits that type of player that they want on their defensive line, and so uh, Pay just seemed like a good pick right there. I'm not doing trades. So. I find it <laughs> – again, I find it ironic. Like, the minute I say the best part of this is, you know, when you don't really know, like, who's <laughs> on the board still – and like, because that happened when you had Jim one, then this guy, Elijah Vera, this is a steal. Oh my gosh, what a steal for the Vikings. Um, pick number 20. No, are we in the 30s now? This 30. Yeah, we're at 30 now. Um, the Buffalo the, Bills. The Buffalo Bills uh, are going to pick offense. I don't, I'm not touching the offense. I mean, I, maybe a running back, maybe ETN potentially, so you can run the ball more than one time in the first half of a playoff game. But I like the offensive line enough. Wide receiver, you're set. Wide receiver, core, you're set. So I'm going to go defense here. Not going to really touch the secondary. I'm going to go Joseph Asai here, pick number 30 to the um, Buffalo Bills. One of the things I keep mentioning, you you game plan, you draft, and you build your team to beat the best team in your conference or league. In the end, for you, I like to use the NBA as an example. The Rockets, they built their team at the time to beat the Warriors while they shot so many threes. They were trying, their, their goal was to beat the Warriors. They were building the roster to beat the Warriors. The Bills are not at the stage yet. They're not building the roster to beat the Patriots. They're building the roster to beat the, the Chiefs. You cannot blitz Patrick Mahomes. You need to practically just drop seven in the coverage and rush for. I don't really like their pass rush without, without uh, blitzing. Um, Joseph Asai. He's kind of a speedy guy. Get around the edge. He can also. He's a, he's not a great guy. Um, 
coverage edge rusher, but he's a he's a serviceable guy who can drop back in coverage occasionally. Um, if you want to send a linebacker on a blitz and have him drop back on replacement. So I have Joseph Asai going to the Buffalo Bills here at pick 30. Here we go. Pick number 30, edge rusher out of Georgia, Aziz Ajilari to the Bills. I think this is a great pick for them. Um, I believe he already went in John's. I don't think he's gone in your draft, has he, Sean? Uh, um, no. In, in, my, in my second rendition, he went, but this is a sixth one, so he has not gone yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> So the Bills are going to take Aziz Ojolari, really help that pass rush, which I think you could say is that weak point on that team. Um, very solid team overall, but I think this is going to help them with a young, relatively cheap edge rusher. Um, pair that with Ed Oliver in the middle. I think they're going to have a nice pass rush next year. I've got the Bills going with an edge, but a little bit different. Um, Patrick Jones out of Pittsburgh. Um, not a guy a lot of people are really talking about too much. He's he's my favorite edge rusher in the class. Um, he's very solid overall run defender and pass rusher. Kind of fits what Buffalo wants. So I, I like him right there. Yeah. Pick 31 here, the toughest team to draft for in the entire draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes, I said Tampa. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, they're going to take – Buccaneers? Huh? He said the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes, Tom, Bob. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, I'm going to have them taking Travis Etienne, running back out of Clemson, the second running back to go here in the draft class, in, in this draft. Um, Ronald Jones, I love, he's a solid running back. I don't know if he's a long-term fit here. And unless Brady is just going to define all odds and play to he's 74, I don't expect Brady to be chugging the ball 40 yards down the field every play next year. You got to run the ball some more. When you only need blueberries and kale, you can do whatever you want. ETN could be that guy to to come out of the backfield, catch a little uh, three-yard pass, and turn that into a 15-yard gain. Um, I think ETN just makes sense. You could go tackle here. I don't like the tackles. Uh, I can't check because if I check, then I'll lose my thing. But I don't like the tackles here available. Um, maybe Jalen Mayfield, but just looking at his stable wasn't all that impressed by Mayfield. So I'm going to go Travis Etienne, pick 31 here to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Thank you. Finally, I have been doing this move ever since our first mock draft. Ever since the first one, I have been preaching Travis Etienne to the Buccaneers, and I have the same pick here. Travis Etienne, I think, is a great fit. Um you have him and Ronald Jones, who I think could be the long-term fit here, although there's never truly a long-term fit running back. <laughs> Once they get to, towards that second contract, it's it's harder and harder for them to um, – Yeah, when we say play. long-term fit, we mean like uh, four years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> By long-term fit, we mean like the next few seasons. Um, but I think uh, ETN, Ronald Jones would be a great fit here, great pairing. I'm not a guy who likes Leonard Fournette. Yes, he's a server. He's a pretty good power back, but really nothing else. He cannot catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, he's not a great run after catch guy. Um, so I, I think ETN pair him with Ronald Jones. Great fit here with um, with Tampa Bay. So random fact about Leonard Fournette, because I used to think the same way you do. True or false? Fournette caught 73 passes this year with the Buccaneers. I know he caught in the 70s. I know he caught in the 70s with um with Jacksonville. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't doubt that he caught 73, but here's what I'll say to that. Tom Brady he loves dropped. throwing to his running backs. He loves throwing checkdowns to his running backs. Uh-huh. And so that's, uh, that's why uh, Fournette got so many uh, receptions. Oh. So, so I, I think I had tweeted this during the championship game. He dropped one. And I said, uh, I said, yeah, it's Leonard, no hands for net. And uh, <laughs> somebody corrected me on that. It was like, he caught like 73 pounds. I was like, wow, I had no idea. Um, well, I always seen- Marvin Jones had 900 receiving yards and nine touchdowns. That doesn't mean he's receiver one for the Lions. <laughs> Fair enough. So I actually have the Buccaneers going defense here because um, this guy hasn't come off my board yet. I figured it would be, it would behoove them to replace – to move Kong Sue and get somebody younger and go with Christian Barrymore out of Alabama right here. Yeah, that is a great pick. I like that pick. As a Packers fan, I hate that pick. But as an NFL, uh, a self-proclaimed NFL analyst, that is a great pick for the Bucs. Yeah, I I like that. All right, and the last pick of the NFL mock draft SH Bessel, the Kansas City Chiefs select uh, Nick Bolton, linebacker out of Missouri, um, this is not, I guess we go tackle, but again, not really, I, I don't like the, uh, the value here to take a tackle, especially for the chiefs. Uh, I'm going to go Nick Bolton linebacker in Missouri, a lot of potential there, um, to help that defense is kind of underrated, not top seven, top eight, but in a very serviceable defense The defense is going to championship with It's only going to get better. Nick Bolton to the chiefs. I also have the Chiefs taking a linebacker. And I am going to say this man's name spot on. Out of Notre Dame, Jeremiah Awosu Koromoa from Notre Dame to Kansas City. Um, I think this is going to be a great fit. Put him in the middle of the field with Tyron Matthew. Um, you've got Legarius Sneed in corner two on the outside um, for the Chiefs. I think this is a great fit for them. And it's just going to help them keep their dynasty going year after year after year after year. And unless the Browns or the Bills can do something about it next year, I think it's pretty much over for the AFC. Hey, optimism. It is never over until it's over. Until, until Patrick Mahomes has the ball in the fourth quarter. And you realize Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are still on the field with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And then when you when they inevitably score in nine seconds because they throw up a bomb to Tyreek Hill, and so you have the ball left with two minutes and four seconds left in said fourth quarter, and then you throw a little screen pass, but their new draft pick, Jeremiah Owosu-Koromoa, comes and smacks the crap out of your running back, and he fumbles it, and the Chiefs get the ball back and score another touchdown in nine seconds. It's over. Leave me alone. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> So I, I do have the Chiefs going to linebacker here too, but both the guys that you mentioned is already off on my board. So the Chiefs go with Chaz Surratt out of North Carolina. Um, might be a little bit of a reach, but he does it all. So uh, he's a pass protector. He shoots gaps well. I mean, not pass coverage linebacker shoots gaps well. And uh, he's still learning the position. He's only going to get better. All right. So that is the conclusion of the mock draft. Special, um, really quickly, who are guys that are left on your board that you would think are like really, that would surprise a lot of other people that are uh, 
do you think could be potential day one starters? So basically, who's the best prospect available on your board out of curiosity? Be uh, Dylan Radens out of uh, – I probably said his name wrong too – out of North Dakota State, offensive tackle. Uh, he was the practice MVP at the Senior Bowl this year. Um, he's very, very good. And, again, competition I think is going to hurt him a little bit. Um, there were some reps in the 1v1s, which you don't want to put a lot of stock into 1v1 practice reps at the Senior Bowl or any other event like that. But there were some reps where he did look like he was a little bit raw and he needed to fix up some of his handwork and um, his foot and his footwork as well. So but I think he's got a lot of upside. He's protected Trey Lance. And, you know, before Trey Lance, it was uh, dang it. Stick Easton Stick, who was the quarterback down there, and done a really good job. Um, he's probably the best guy still left on my board at that point. Warner. All right, um, a few guys left on my board: Quiddy Pay, um, edge guy out of Michigan. A Alex Leatherwood is still on my board. Nick Bolton, I think, went in both of your drafts. He's still on the board. Um, guys like Wyatt Davis, Jalen Mayfield. Have not left. Um, if you look at the receiver position, Monroe St. Brown, um, you know, first round prospect, Sage Sherratt, no, I'm playing. But uh, Terrace Marshall Jr., uh, Rondale Moore, Amari Rogers, all still on the board. Um, so I, I wouldn't say there's not necessarily a lot of surprises, but I would say there are some guys that you could argue um, deserve a first round pick. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to go off the top of the head here because if I well actually yeah I can't go back and look, but uh, second round guys you're probably looking at uh, Deontay Brown, uh, guard from Alabama who is a freak athlete from Alabama. No surprises, um, Alabama. Yeah, sure. Uh, Trey Smith, guard out of Tennessee, is another one. Um, Rondell Moore, I'm at, I really like Rondell Moore. I think the injuries are really just concerning killing him, which is why, because if it wasn't for the injuries, he is easily a first round prospect, in my opinion. Uh, so the injuries are just killing him. If he can stay healthy, he'll likely fall to at least to be a day two prospect. The team that gets him, and if he can stay healthy, as long as it's a team with a good offensive play caller, he's going to show wonders for them, I feel. Um, and one thing I'm curious about, I don't know if, John, you picked Quiddy paying yours. Um, what is the hype? Because, like, you look at some of these. More and I guess it's more these uh national outlets. They have Quiddy Pay as the number one ranked edge rusher. What what was I'm not understanding that. So it's upside, right? So when you when you're scouting for the NFL draft, the the thing that you're really scouting is upside, right? You want to you're projecting how a player is going to be, and so when you watch him, he has really good bend, and he has a lot of athletic tools. He's very raw. Right. So when you don't see him, you see him get stonewalled a lot, for example. Right. When the offensive tackle or whoever's blocking him uses their right arm and just locks him down, he has no move. So you're projecting that he has the athleticism to develop a pass rushing plan when he goes into the rep first off. And then second off that he has the athleticism to pull off a variety of moves. And so I don't like projecting that much. Right. Personally. But other people, they see upside, they see potential, and he has a lot of it because he's so athletic. Um, they they put, they boost him toward the top. All right, Warner, any closing questions from you? 
No, I think that's that's a very, very good and uh, fair analysis about uh, Quiddy Pay. Actually, on the mock draft simulator that I was using, they had him number 11 on their board. For oh, yeah. yeah. Quiddy Pay yeah. was number eight on mine. Number yeah. eight. <laughs> nope. And nope. Yeah. So I'll pass on that. Well, anyway, thank Well, actually, Warren, you want to do flip the table? Sure, we can do flip the table. Um, right. It's the segment that we do. Uh, whenever we have a special guest as yourself on the show where you get to ask us any number of questions, one, two, I don't know, however many you want. doesn't really matter to us about any topic. It can be about the show. It can be about sports. It can be about our personal lives. Um, so, John, it's your turn to flip the table. Okay. So, how did you, how did you guys meet each other and start this podcast? Because I'm going to say something really fast is I'm really impressed with you both of you guys and the knowledge that you have in sports and that's i i'm like i'm kind of wondering why you why you guys don't have more followers to be honest on social media but um you guys really know what you're talking about and it's it's a lot of fun to sit down and talk with people who know what they're talking about so how did you guys meet each other and how did you start this well morning kansas i just want to say thank you for the compliment yeah, yes people on twitter follow us go ahead Warren. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we met each other in fourth grade. Uh, we went to a Montessori school, so they blocked first through third graders together, fourth through sixth graders together. Um, so we had the same class in fourth grade. We also actually played baseball for a little bit in second grade, but we didn't really know each other then. Um, so we met officially in fourth grade. We were big in, into the uh, sports cards. I thought Peyton Manning had to have been the greatest quarterback ever because he had the shiny little all-pro sticker and a bunch of uh, italicized red stat marks, meaning he led the league. So I thought he must have been the greatest quarterback ever. Um, but we, 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 we always loved sports. That's what, kind of what we connected on. Um, going forward in the fifth and sixth grade, we talked about it. We made our own made-up show with, a, you know, sort of like Sports Center, um, but it wasn't, it wasn't anything major. Um, and then we... We can cut this out. I'm going to just wait for him. All right. Um, so we, we played baseball for about a year together. And then um, probably late fourth grade, fifth grade, and sixth grade, we started making this made-up show. Um, Sean came up with the name Sports Headlines because we were scared of copyright infringement or whatever. We didn't want to copy off of any ESPN shows. Um, and then going into – we went to separate high schools. Um, going into high school in – October of 2018, I believe, is when we published our first episode on YouTube um, before either of us had hit puberty for whatever reason. <laughs> Just like two years ago, um, when we were like, <laughs> Sports Headlines, it's our first show ever. Um, but so, so that, was, that was kind of the start of it. And then um, we were on and off um, through there just because of, of school and everything. But, but really since... COVID first started, school shut down. We had the end of the spring, the summer, and the fall, and now into 2021, um, just to, you know, be able to do this. Um, and then, yeah, the football knowledge was was not there. Really, the sports knowledge was not there, but I'm, I'm, we spent spent time watching film, um, listening to, listening to takes, and eventually um, got better and better at, at our analysis. Fair yeah, enough, guys. No lies detected. 
except like there is one part that he never tells when he tells that Peyton Manning story. The person that said, Warren, you're an idiot. This guy is not the greatest quarterback of all time is me. He never says that side of the story, and that irritates me. I need my credit. Yeah, Sean, Sean did correct me on the on the Peyton Manning must be the best quarterback Took ever. Forever, because... too. <laughs> no, no, Peyton is the best player. Because he led the league in touchdowns like four times. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's awesome, guys. You guys are doing a good job with the show, and um, I think you guys have a lot of potential, and you, you're going to take off eventually. You just got to keep grinding at it. Appreciate right. it. Thank you, John. You guys are listening to the Sports Analyze Podcast. So I keep telling you guys, uh, tell our audience where they can find you at. Yeah, so um, on Twitter, at John D.A. Vogel, and um, <clears throat> recently just got involved in TikTok, too. Didn't see me as the TikTok type, but wow, it's a lot of fun. Right now. Uh, been really surprised so tiktok at john da vogel as well and then uh on the brawl network i am the senior nfl draft writer for them and um try to post a lot of stuff there but mostly my twitter is where you're going to see a lot of stuff all right thank you guys this has been john vogel sh mock draft special you're listening to the sports online podcast the most authentic place in sports we'll see you guys